ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is To another episode of Hard to Paint with David Grubb, and I am fortunate today to be joined by one of the best in the business. Um, we met a couple years ago, and I have uh, been inspired by his work um, from Fox Sports One, The Odd Couple, the one and only Rob Parker. Thank you for joining us today, sir. No, thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Um, the reason I want to talk to you is because I don't really get to discuss baseball down here a lot. Not not the big leagues. I mean, this is college baseball country. They love when LSU Tigers are going, but the big leagues um, are in that playoff in, in the most unusual playoffs we've ever seen in Major League Baseball. Sixteen teams. This wild card round starting tomorrow. I'm still trying to have some. Uh, it's trying to figure out exactly how we got here. <laughs> with this season um, and what these playoffs really mean. Baseball has kind of fumbled the bag in this opportunity, these 60 games where they've had, whether it's coronavirus outbreaks for different teams, scheduling of games. It has not gotten the national attention, um, you know, competing against the NBA and the NFL. Where does baseball sit as we go into the precipice of the postseason? See, I disagree. I mean, I think that's a popular narrative, Baseball just signed a, a gazillion-dollar deal with, with Turner. They've never been healthier financially. I mean, the, the biggest thing you can have right now on television is live sporting events. Baseball yes. has more live sporting events than any other thing going on. So financially, that's just not the case. Um, you can talk about maybe a national game not getting the kind of ratings that a singular football game gets. The NBA ratings have been down during the playoffs. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about that. Nobody says, oh, the league is terrible. Oh, my God. People aren't watching. You remember during the whole coronavirus, people are dying for games to come on. When the games came on, uh, baseball had, like, its highest rating for a baseball game in, in uh, 15 years, and the NBA's ratings were down. But but nobody wrote that story. Do you do you do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I mean I agree. We've seen. I mean, base. Yeah, I was just saying the baseballs made. Rec you're right. Baseballs had record-setting revenues for ten straight years, That's and nice. this TV deal is absolutely great. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm. Uh, I agree with you in on the fact that the narrative has been weird. I just think you know baseball's always been successful as far as money. I just don't understand why it's not being part of the conversation more right now. I just think part of it, and I'm gonna. I think it's just a, a laziness on the part of our business. I just think it's easier, even when they people talk about the NBA, they don't talk about the NBA. They talk about mm -hmm. the three or four same players and teams over and over. So when they say they talk NBA, no, it, it, you talk LeBron and Kevin Durant or the Warriors or you know, like the like you don't talk the entire NBA. So it's not true. NFL is the same thing. How many times are we going to talk about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Aaron Rodgers and you know what I mean? Right. So, so, so you have that, so, which is fine. I mean, I, I get it. It's called playing the hits, right? So right. So get that. Um, baseball has so many young stars and different players going 
And if you follow the game like I do, it's a great time. It's a, it's a transitionary transition uh, period that's been taking place. And there's so many young, especially African-American stars who are coming through people just don't know. You know, they planted the seeds 15 years ago. Uh, the RBI program. I mean, we're, we're starting to see those guys. It's undeniable. Uh, we uh, There's a star in San Diego. Oh. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a star with swag. Everything you want from a guy. I mean, so I... I'm optimistic. I, I just think that the, the um, expecting a singular baseball game to get the same rating as a NFL game, I, I don't think it's realistic because a, one baseball game represents 162. One football right. game is 116. Do you, so you would have to add up 10 baseball games re, TV ratings to, equip, to be equivalent to one football game. So oh, I I don't think that that really is a fair comparison. The other thing, too, is the gambling aspect, mm-hmm. which, which is huge to football. Will I'm told by gambling people will have a tide turn as baseball becomes a sport that you gamble on. And, David, they're talking about you will be at the game or at home betting on at-bats. If a guy's going to strike out, if he's going to hit a home run – There'll be all kinds of elements, and there's so many things you could bet on in a baseball game, they say, as time goes on. So we'll see. But as far as health-wise, attendance-wise, and TV-wise, baseball is as healthy as it's ever been. And and people think the golden age of baseball is the 50s. It's just not true. Go look at the attendance. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the revenue. As you just said, you pointed out, uh, 17 years of growth in, in um, revenue is what baseball's had. And we've had labor peace for the last 20 some odd years as well with no stoppages of play. So we move on. Yeah, I, I, the regionality of baseball, and like I said, the length of the season is always going to make it a different type of televised sport than football. Like, fo- like you said, football is event television. You gear up for one game a week. Um, but has Rob Manfred gotten is he kind of like just not getting in his own way though of promoting the game I think that those young stars you talk about there are so many great personalities in the game now and I think that to me when I grew up coming up and and that's what drew me to the game the Ricky Hendersons the Ken Griffey Juniors all those people who had personality baseball for a while didn't have that now we're starting to see this young group of players who are embracing the fact their individuality and there's still that tug and and push and pull between traditional baseball folks and this new group of, of players why can't we just let the game you know be enjoyable. Why is there still this tension between this old school baseball uh, mindset and just enjoying it, which I think brings that young audience to the game that they're trying to find? Yeah, I think that that's fair. Uh, there's, there, there's been that. Even people, you know, far back to when Ken Griffey Jr. was wearing his hat mm-hmm. back. And some people thought that was disrespectful to the game. You know, that his his hat was on backwards. I thought they should have put his Hall of Fame bust with his hat on backwards to me because that was his trademark. That was something that that he did. A lot of people wear their hats backwards, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But what I did love to see was when Tatis – do you remember he, he, he swung the bat with the with, – with, 
a 3-0 count and the bases loaded, you know, with a big score and people went crazy. But there were a lot of Hall of Famers, Johnny Bench and, and Reggie Jackson, who all applauded him and, you know, and didn't come down on him and, and was like, dude, go play ball. Dude, swing the bat. You got a bat in your hand. They throw the ball over the plate. I don't care what the count is. You should get two strikes and then have to try to hit, you know, like what, like since when? Uh, so, so um, there were people in support as well, but I'm with you on that. Just let the guys play. Let people like them if they want, dislike them if they want. Like Mike Trout is like one of the best players, but he's nondescript. He's milk toast, and there's nothing wrong. You can't make a guy have swag or or you know move the needle. Everybody just doesn't do that. But he's a great player, and people appreciate his talent. But don't suppress other guys who want to do it at a different uh, flavor. And and like I say. There's a, there's a ton of young guys who are coming along and uh, we're, we're watching them. And that's why I'm excited actually for the playoffs and uh, to see what, what happens and tr- what transpires. When we look at the records of teams, because the schedules were so unbalanced and we also had, you know, shifts in schedules when some teams had to shut down, how reflective. But it was, it was I want to say this, it was amazing that, only really three teams got hit with the coronavirus and the rest of baseball played on. I right. mean, and most of the time when they shut it down, it was just precautionary and it was smart. Like, you know, um, if somebody tested positive and they were in a certain city, they would just shut it, shut that team down for a week or whatever to make sure. And um, they got through it. I mean, they got through it somehow, some way without a bubble. I think it's harder to do a bubble when you have, 30 teams and the amount of games. It's not like the NBA where you don't play the same amount of game. You play every day. And I think there are way, way more people that have to be involved in baseball with the number of players, staff, you know, it's just a bigger number. And I like what they're doing. I'm going to go to the World Series in Arlington at the new stadium, you know, in the bubble and see what that's like taking games three and four of the World Series. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I guess just my question was, what do you like? How reflective do you think the records are of how good these teams are, considering the the very unbalanced nature of the schedules this year? I think it is what it is. That's how twenty twenty has to be. You just have to accept it. We're in uh, a different world. Um, you know, you can look at the NBA. Maybe Miami benefited from the the bubble. Maybe Denver did up until they just got knocked out and other teams that maybe were stronger or we saw going in, you know, good, couldn't adjust to what you had to. So this is this will be different. I think it's the only way they could have done it. And, and what I like is, you know, 60 games went by real fast and the season's over, but baseball has set itself up so that it doesn't have to disrupt another season next year. This, this will end when it's supposed to end unlike the NBA, which already, because it's been pushed back, is already going to interrupt another season next year, right, and maybe start in January. And then eventually you're going to have to end your season on a regular term. Otherwise, it'll be off for the next three or four years. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you're always taking it back. So by doing this, you disrupt the 2020 season, and then you could go back to 2021 and have a regular season that starts in late March or April. So I like this. I like that they're not trying to play some World Series in 
November or December, mm-hmm. and that we're going to have October baseball, and it will end in October. Um, in this format, having these teams play the home, the home team host, obviously in the wild card round, best of three. Um, in the American League, the series that I'm most interested in, the two that I, I'm really interested in looking at, the Cleveland-New York series is really exciting to me, as is the Oakland White Sox series. Do you, what do you feel is going to be the best series in the American League in the opening round, and who's right for the an, up, an upset? I, I, you know what? Oakland finally, you know, they've been winning games for the last few years, and they've had a good team, but they always seem to get into a wild card and lose that one game and never get a chance. So finally, they'll be able to breathe, you know what I mean, and not be under the gun. So it'll be interesting. But I like the White Sox a lot. I, I do. I, I'm I'm looking for an upset there uh, that the White Sox, who, you know, were, were leading the division for a while most of the season, and then finally the Twins overcame them. And But I, I like the White Sox. I think they obviously have the hitting. And if they get any kind of pitching, I think they have a shot against uh, the A's. Yankees, um, Indians, another one. I agree. That's another series I'm interested. Indians always have had pitching. When you give up a Mike Clevenger, you know what I mean, and Mm -hmm. still make the playoffs and it doesn't damage your team, tells you about their uh, pitching. But I still believe the Yankees healthy are the best team. I, I just do. And they lost 14 out of 16 ravaged with injuries, and yet they still wound up being the fifth seed and and ran off 10 games in a row at one point to cement themselves back into the playoff. But how many teams could go lose 14 out of 16 in a 60-game season and make the playoffs? Uh, not many. That tells you about where they are. And if that lineup is healthy and, 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 um, and, they're, and they're playing like they're capable of, I, I think the Yankees can get there. It just that second round. If it's if it the Yankees end up with Tampa Bay again, Tampa Bay has just had their number not just this season, but for going on years. The Yankees seem to struggle with two teams in particular: Tampa and the Angels. Yeah, some things work out like that. It's it's very weird, but you're right. The Angels have had the Yankees number, and and the Tigers had it for a couple of years as well. The Tigers. Uh, beat them in the playoffs two out of three years, the Yankees. Um, so, so yeah, you're right about that. But this will be interesting. Before the season started, I picked the Yankees and Dodgers, by far the two best rosters. I'm going to stick with my pick, despite the bubble, despite some of these other teams that have emerged. I, I just say if, if they're healthy and they play to their capability, I think both of those teams are good. This is a this is a make or break year for the Dodgers, to be honest. I mean, this is eight years in a row winning the National League West, which means nothing because they've lost two of the last three World Series. And um, they haven't won a World Series since 1988. And you can keep thinking you're going to keep going every year, especially with the Padres now and that young team down there. Do you know what I mean? Your window might be closing. And they had, then they were able to pick up Clevenger as well to bolster that rotation. So, uh, the Dodgers have to win to me uh, in, in order. And obviously they got the Mookie Betts uh, in the trade and boy, what dividends he's paid. And they're really good. But when it comes to postseason, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to, to maintain it. If they don't win it this year, 
Right, do you think that there's starting to be some some other? Cha- I mean, they've they've gone after like going for Mookie Betts was a swing for the fences. That's a World Series move. If they don't get it this year, what do the Dodgers do next? It'll be that'll be an interesting question because, uh, like you say, they made the big move for a while. They were being cheap. They were renting players when they got Manny Machado. They wouldn't commit. But they finally committed to a you know big salary and a big, and a big star, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but but I don't know, I don't know where they go from here. If they lose, maybe home dinner and a show. I, I don't know what else <laughs> they can really do because um, they've done everything and they have everything in place. That you know the Dodgers have always developed good young players. Some of those stars have struggled in the postseason. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, you remember against the the. National, they was cruising, and he gave up back-to-back home runs to change that game and that series. I, he's another guy that they need a, a big a, a big playoffs from, but they need to win. They need to win. Quickly, how how surprising was the fall of the Astros and the the um, Nationals? Astros barely get into the playoffs. Nationals not at all. Just were you surprised at just how poorly both of those teams played throughout the season? Yeah, um, you know, the, the Nationals had some injuries and everybody's not as deep as the Yankees. And when you get injuries, you know, it can hurt you. And Strasburg being hurt, that 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 didn't help. Uh, and then they lost some players as well. Uh, you know, Anthony Rendon went left. He was a big part of that team. So you just can't you know, remove pieces like that and think that you're going to continue uh, doing. But you're right. When you look at, like, the Marlins made the playoffs and the Nationals did, wow, that was unexpected. Um, but uh, uh, who's the other team you were saying? The uh, Oh, the Astros. Astros. The Astros really, same thing. Verlander had to shut it down with surgery. I mean, he's a big part of what they're doing. Uh, they also lost um, at the top of their rotation – uh, I just uh, to the Yankees. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Uh, they just lost. You know, they lost him. So th- imagine taking him and Verlander, your number one and number two starters, and yet they still were able to slide into the playoffs. And a lot of their players early on struggled. I mean, at yeah. the point, it was it was ugly for Altuve, and you know all the controversy about whether or not he was getting. Uh, beats under his jersey about what pitch was coming and and all that and he struggled uh they really made out though they made the playoffs and they didn't have to tap the wrath of baseball america all year in the fans i mean they they got off considering what was going to be an ugly year you know on the road for them um so it'll be interesting i don't expect much noise from them but somehow that team was so talented that they still were able, and their record wasn't great. They just made it in. The big dark horse, and and people were buzz about, was the Cincinnati Reds before the season, and they made the playoffs. They won like eleven of the eleven of thirteen or fourteen games, at, you know, down the stretch, and made that push and made the playoffs first time in. 11 years or something. So this will be interesting. Or yeah, I think Atlanta should be very scared of Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that's going to be an easy uh, series for them at all. No, not at all. And Atlanta's got a good team, and they've been just got a lot of young players. They've played well the last few years, but the playoffs have been their bugaboo. 
They always seem to get knocked out in the playoffs early. So this will be interesting to see if they've learned from it, grown, you know, with some of the players that they have. But um, it will be uh, – I think it will be interesting. I still like the Yankees and Dodgers. I know I'm not going out on the limb. No. But, 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 the, Padres, but the Padres I like. And could they upset the Dodgers? Sure they could. But, but I'm, I, I, I'm not seeing that yet. I think Miami is interesting too because they have such good pitching. And we know how, how important that is. Can you make people miss in the postseason? That series with Chicago could be another very competitive series. Um, and I'm just surprised that they were able to turn it around. A year after the people in Miami were calling for Derek Jeter's head, um, this is a team in the postseason with a legitimate chance to win its opening round series. No doubt. No, it was ugly down there. People were mad because they traded away so many good players. But the thing that's funny about the Marlins, while people ripped that organization, what organization that's won two World Series in the last 23 years are you ripping? You know, like they won two World Series. <laughs> ask, some, ask the Dodger fans would they like to have two World Series in the last 20-some-odd years, right? Or the Detroit Tigers, who haven't won since 1984. Or the Minnesota Twins, or the, or the Milwaukee Brewers, or the Mets who haven't won since 1986. I mean, I could go on and on and on, and uh, people are poo-pooing the uh, Marlins, and they've won twice. Before I let you go, um, the MVP field is extremely crowded, particularly in the American League. Uh, who emerges from that group? Because there are just so many great power hitters. Uh, who, who put up numbers this season. Who do you think wins the American League MVP? And then go ahead and give me the, the NL MVP thought uh, as well. Give me, give me, give me three choices. Like, like. Uh, Voight. Like, Luke like, Voigt. Who, who led the league in home runs, right? And just went nuts. Um, Jose Abreu. Right, who, who had an unbelievable year and helped the White Sox. Absolutely. The White Sox might actually have a couple guys who could be <laughs> up for MVP. Um, let's see, who else am I thinking? Because, yeah. Yeah, Tim Hennessy, and then, uh, you know, Nick Madrigal with the White Sox, too. And um, who else am I thinking of? Uh, those, uh, those are the – I think those right, are the, prim right. the primary guys. Yeah. I, I mean, Void had a, had, a, had a monster year and able to keep the Yankees afloat. Remember them missing Judge and Stanton. And, and Sanchez was, being incredibly inconsistent. Yes. Sanchez, again, had another year where he just didn't hit the ball. I mean – a guy with that talent to bat, you know, 140 or 150 is just mind-boggling on the big league level. That guy, that guy could hit 25, 30 home runs a year in a regular year. And, and you know, so, so, so not to have the protection around him, you know what I mean, in the lineup and do that. So Void is definitely uh, uh, on that list. Uh, I think the National League is probably uh, – you look at Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. Yeah. You look at uh, Mookie Betts with the Dodgers. And Fernando Tatis had a so-so September that might have hurt him. You know what I mean? Because he mm -hmm. was – at one point I thought it was between him and Betts. I'm going to go off the rails and I'm going to say Freddie Freeman. That would be interesting. and Freddie – yeah, Voight and Freeman. So that would be the first Braves MVP since Chipper Jones then. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Chipper won it yeah. in what? It's been a while, huh? Yeah. So, the, yeah, the, I, I'm, it's it's interesting. I, I'm excited for the postseason. I, yeah, I love postseason baseball. It's my favorite time of year. 
So, um, and we're both Yankee fans. For people who watch, baseball is different because every pitch is important. You watch the game differently than regular season. Regular season, the game is on, you're watching. But a post every pitch, like, you know, that 2-2 pitch that is not called a strike could be the difference. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it's, it's, it's definitely – I watch every pitch because it's just a different feel, a different look. I love postseason baseball. I agree. And I'm not – the only thing I'm worried about is – they're going to love the 16 teams, which I, I don't want the baseball, no. the NBA, and the and the NHL, where more than half the league makes the playoffs. Because then you neutralize the regular season and make it not important. And with that many games, you don't want to do that. And that's the only thing. I, I don't want them to feel good about this and then go like, yeah, well, we should do this again or we should do this next year. Yeah, Let's no. not do that. My thought, if there were one thing I would change about just – if I could change about the way this, the seasons are formatted, I would like to go back to the way it used to be where it was just league versus league. Not not – I mean, to keep interleague play, but no divisions. I want the whole league – give me the top teams in each league. That's what I would prefer over the divisions. But I know nobody ever wants to, to separate divisions because they're like giving away division pennants. Right, right. And, and I think also – you know, in those days, like people don't remember, but that's how the Yankees went to the World Series uh, eight out of ten years. They had the best team. So there were no postseason, no playoffs. You went straight to the World Series. And that's why when I look at, like, Jeter and Bernie Williams and those guys, when they have five, Mariano Rivera, it was harder for them to win those five than it was for Mickey Mantle or, or Yogi Berra to win ten World Series, you know, in their career. Because you only had the one playoff series – which was the World Series, and either you won it or lost it. You could get knocked out in the first round, wild card. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of uh, series you have to go through just to get there. It makes it tougher. So, we'll And I love this. And I, I just want to get this comment before I let you go. When people talk about the, the, the fact that baseball salary cap is a pro- not having one is a problem, I point out to them consistently that no sport has had more teams – participate in the World Series since the free – I use the NFL starter free agency era as the equivalent. In these years, not the NBA, not the NFL, nobody's It's not even had- close. It's not even close. And that's what people don't understand is, um, you know, the salary cap was – the excuse is that to make it – to have competitive balance. The NBA doesn't have competitive balance nope. even with a salary cap. And the other thing is you could have a salary cap, but if you have a bad general manager and they misspend the money on the wrong people, it doesn't matter. So, so it's, there is no uh, – there is like we saw the Lakers be able to get – steal Anthony Davis, right, from the, the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, there is no competitive balance. When LeBron went to Miami and formed that super team, that threw off the whole balance of the Eastern Conference, Right. Because Miami, Miami got two stars. You weaken Cleveland and you weaken Toronto, so that upset the whole apple cart. And those are the things that that in baseball you need so many players, and and uh, one guy doesn't can't, normally doesn't change the fortune of the entire franchise, no matter how good he is as a pitcher or hitter. So I agree. Uh, so many more teams have participated and been involved in the mix and had a chance to win. 
Rob, I appreciate your time. I know you got a busy day today. Um, do such great work, my man. And I, I just appreciate you. And I appreciate you, um, you know, looking out for me as well and encouraging me as, as somebody trying to make it in this business. Please tell the folks how they can keep up with you and, um, and, and all the great things that you do. All right. Yep. You can just check it on uh, getrob.com. There's, uh, you know, where I'm going to be if I'm on the herd or undisputed. You can check those out. Uh, my social media is at Rob Parker FS1 on Twitter and um, Instagram. Uh, I have a couple of books out. If you go to getrob.com, you can order uh, a couple of the books. Um, if I'm writing, I'm ripping is a collection of columns that I've written over the years. And also Rob Parker's uh, tale of the urinating mouse. And you know, after yes. losses. <laughs> That mouse usually shows up. So that's a whole book of uh, a lot of fun tweets that I've done over the years. So, yeah, you can check out all that. And, of course, listen to The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and I, Fox Sports Radio, 7 to 10 Eastern, Monday through Friday. It's on Sirius Channel X, uh, 83, on the iHeartRadio app, and on FoxSportsRadio.com. I hope I get to see you at uh, NABJ next year. Yes, Houston, we'll be there. I hope uh, everything will be somewhat back to normal and we'll all be there in Houston. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. That is Rob Parker. And for Hard in the Paint, I am David Grubb. Don't forget to follow me at DM Grubb and check out the website, hitpwithdg.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.